My name is Christian Puckett. This is Peacekeeper. Okay, camera on. Roadcaster Pro on. Got the light on. Got the window open. I've got a sleeping puppy and an empty house. So it is time to record. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Peacekeeper. This is my not so weekly or even bi weekly at this point <laughs> podcast where I just spew, I just brain melt, vent into a microphone and into a camera for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe an hour. Uh, I probably won't make it an hour today. Um, I, I literally just sat down about five minutes ago and I hit record and then I look down and I'm like, I should probably put on some pants and maybe some shoes and socks. <laughs> um, I was just wearing the the nastiest, not not like actually nasty, but just like dorkiest, lamest sweatpants that I cut with scissors to make them into shorts. There's like some good speed bump action going on. Um, I learned from last week that the camera was it, the angle was just too low so it was just like a crotch shot the entire time so i was like okay let's lift up the camera let me put on some shoes so i'm not picking at my toes the whole time fundamentals right i mean this is video podcast basics <laughs> but even the pros forget <laughs> from time to time hey okay yeah, like I said, I've got an empty house, except for the puppy, but luckily he's asleep. Um, this morning, well, I'll just say, first of all, Emily took the boys over to her friend McKenna's daughter's birthday, I think. Um, McKenna, if that's wrong, I'm, I'm sorry. But all that means is that recording time um let's see what time is it it's 11 a.m on a sunday june 11th um yeah this morning aesop and ira and the puppy and i all went for a walk we live a few houses down from this asakia or ditch or whatever you want to call it um called the griegos lateral that's what it's officially called lateral uh but it's basically just like a a ditch yeah with some flowing water um but yeah we did uh just a a, a measly mile walk this morning but i was outnumbered for sure i've got ira strapped in on the baby carrier facing like he's on my back facing outwards. Um, I typically have him whenever I'm carrying the babies strapped to the front, but as they get heavier and heavier, um, it's doable, but it, you're so much less mobile 
and everything's just a little bit more difficult when they're strapped to the front of you. When they're strapped to the back, it's basically just like wearing a backpack, and I'm used to that. Um, the weight balance is just a little bit easier. And then I've got the puppy who's 12 weeks old at this point. Man, he's a ball of energy. Uh, he's pretty good at walking, though. I'll say that. Props to him for being a good walker, a good walking companion. Um, so, yeah, he's on the leash. And then Aesop, I kind of just let him walk alongside. But that means it's going to be a very slow walk. Because he just has baby brain where he's like fascinated by the smallest of things that I've just gotten so used to overlooking. Like he gets really excited about finding cool rocks, finding cool sticks. Um, Anytime a helicopter flies by, he gets really excited and has to stop and point and stare for... 30 seconds at a minimum. And then anybody that's walking past, he has to stop and say, hi, hi. And typical baby stuff, right? Um, But anytime he's not, anytime he has free reign to walk, you just have to take your time. It's okay. Um, I wasn't in a rush. Uh, But that gave Emily a nice... 45 minute break to she's making a cake. Oh, um, okay. So that is one thing I turned 28 last week, June 2nd. That was my birthday. Uh, yeah, 28 smackers, 28 big ones. And it was interesting cause this, I feel was the first birthday where I actually kind of felt a little something inside. (laughs) Um, Maybe uh, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like a sadness or like uh, a birthday blues. It was just for the first time, um, it was just sort of a realization of, oh, okay, 28 seems old. 28 seems older. Uh, 27, you're still, you know, you could still say you're in your mid twenties, <laughs> 28, you're in your, you're in your late twenties. You're getting, you're getting up there. You're just, I just feel like I'm not a immature 20 something year old. I feel like I'm like, in, oh, I'm in my late twenties. Yeah. Oh, what are you doing with your life? Oh yeah. I'm in my late twenties. So I don't know. I feel like I just have to have my shit together a little bit more. Not to say that I don't, because I think I do. But in some areas, I I don't. But that's with everybody. Everybody's not perfectly firing on all cylinders in every aspect of life. So, yeah, I, I felt it a little bit more. Um, I didn't really do anything on my birthday uh, at all, actually. Um, I went to my cousin Kira's wedding rehearsal on my birthday and that was fine. Like I, I wasn't, I don't really get like, I'll do something fun for my 30th birthday, I think. Um, but I was like 28. What I mean, I don't need a party. I don't need to 
did I do it? I, oh yeah, I went and I, I went and met up with with some friends for coffee. Um, and then honestly, the family get together for my cousin Kira's wedding was like my dad. Like, All right, everybody, listen up! Like, uh, we want to. <laughs> I don't know. He just wanted to. He got everybody to sing me happy birthday, <laughs> and it was fine. Um, yeah. So twenty eight and twenty eight, feeling great. Yeah, I don't know. It's just like it is what it is. I'm not like young, but I'm not super old just kind of going with it, right? There's no stop in this train. Um, okay, so it was my birthday. And okay, so I also recorded. So part of the reason that I've been a little bit slack, I mean, part of the reason that I've been slacking on these podcasts, again, I think I said this last week. There's many reasons, many, many reasons. But one of them is that I was uh, recording a wedding video that was so long ago at this point. It's just an excuse. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So anyway, if you want to see this wedding video, I'm probably not going to post it on my YouTube channel, but I will post a link to, I believe my my cousin Kira posted it either on her Facebook or somewhere. I'll find the link and then I'll post it in the description below. Um, that, that's been my <laughs> my one video project for the year. Uh, besides these. Um, okay, so another thing. I'm just kind of going all over the place today. Uh, I built a PC. And I'm stoked about it. It's great. Um, it's sitting right behind the camera. Uh, my entire desk setup looks great. The PC is sitting on top of my desk. That's how attractive it looks. It doesn't get demoted to the floor. It is a accent piece on my desk uh it's awesome may depend yeah okay i'll post a picture i'll post a picture over the video right now um so if you're watching this is a picture maybe i won't honestly maybe (laughs) uh i'll forget and you won't see anything right now but maybe i'll maybe there's a picture overlaid on the video right now uh, it's awesome. So my little brother, Josh, I hope this is recording. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Uh, so my little brother, Josh came into town for my cousin Kira's wedding. Uh, so he was here for about four or five days and he helped me build a PC. So for my birthday, I was like, Hey, I, I want to build a PC because Maybe six months ago, I was thinking about upgrading my laptop. I have a, I have a MacBook Pro, twenty sixteen, uh, fifteen inch. It's a it it was a nice computer. It's still a nice computer, uh, but it's the one with like the Touch Bar. It was the first model of the the MacBook Pro in twenty sixteen where they had that Touch Bar. And it's refurbished too. So I think I bought it maybe in 2018 or 2019. I was probably in 20, uh, 2018. I bought it refurbished from Apple, but it was still like two grand. That was so expensive. Man, 
Apple products are so expensive. Um, you see that new Apple Vision Pro that just came out? $3,500. They're just like, people buy it. It's crazy. Look at, I mean, I'm, I got my iPhone. I got my Apple Watch. I got my MacBook. Um, I, I'm wearing Apple headphones right now. Anyway, I'm just so a part of the ecosystem. So I was like, okay, my MacBook is getting a little, getting a little long in the tooth, getting a little slow. Um, still fully functional, but I was just like, maybe I kind of want to upgrade. And so I was looking at the new M2 Mac Minis. Is that what they're called? They're just the the small kind of rectangular boxes where it's just a computer, and you hook it up to an external display and all that. Um, so they, yeah, they just announced a new one, maybe six months, eight months ago. And I was like, all right, I'm going to buy this. Um, and that will be like my computer brain. Um, and then I was talking to Josh about it and he was like, dude, don't do it. <laughs> and he was just looking over the specs with me. He's like, dude, it only has eight gigs of Ram. That's not upgradable. Um, it only had like whatever. I don't remember the specific specs, but that was a big one is that it only had eight gigs of RAM, which now I really understand is not enough. Maybe it was like, like, okay, so my MacBook right now, it has 16 gigs of RAM. I'm learning so much about all the different components in computers and PCs and stuff. And it was a real learning process building this PC. I feel like I have a much better understanding of what a computer actually is and what a computer actually needs. Um, so yeah, I, so Joshua works at Intel, which is awesome because he gets a discount on CPUs on like Intel parts. So he bought me a, a new 13th gen core i7-13700, which, you know, two weeks ago was complete gibberish to me. Like, I don't just, I was like, just buy me a chip. I don't know. Buy me a, <laughs> buy me an Intel chip. I don't know what it, I didn't even know like the difference between CPUs and GPUs, which like I still, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure many, many, many people don't know the difference and I still don't even fully know the difference, but I think at a basic level, the CPU is doing all the computing and the coding and is like the brain of the computer. And then the GPU is the graphics. So like anything that's running on a display, like the GPU handles actually visualizing what the cpu is doing <laughs> i don't know if that makes sense but essentially cpu is the brain the gpu is like the graphics and what you're seeing um so i got yeah a, a brand new 13th gen core i7 and then joshua just upgraded his pc I don't know if I already talked about this. Maybe I already did and I'm just completely forgetting. Regardless, I'm saying it again. Um, uh, Joshua just upgraded his PC. I think I did talk about this. Oh, well. 
Uh, so now I have his old graphics card, which is an NVIDIA RTX 2070 Super. Again, gibberish to anybody <laughs> that like... It was gibberish to me a few weeks ago, but uh, essentially what it is, is it's like, it's a graphics card that came out in 2019, uh, made by the company NVIDIA. It is the super model of the 2070 series. So that just means it's like, uh, essentially more performance, right? Um, and it has ray tracing capabilities, which is like a new video game um feature that's desirable to people anyway so i bought so okay so joshua came through with his old graphics card and he bought me a new cpu for my birthday and then i bought the rest of it so i bought a case so the actual like housing box the case that all the components are sitting in uh it's a really cool white kind of smaller i think it's called a it's like a mini kind of so it's a very compact case um with like a tempered glass side so you can see inside you can see all the components um i bought a liquid cooler for my cpu with rgb <laughs> i i i didn't realize how uh, the PC building culture is all about RGB, which uh, I guess for people that don't know, it's like the LED multicolored lights that change. So it, like everything has to have RGB. Everything has to have like, you know, it has to have this like fluctuating hue between like blue and pink and green. And like, it's just like, I don't really care about like all the colors, but now that it's set up, so my my uh, cooler has RGB, um, and uh, I, like once it's all installed, I'm like, all right, yeah, it's kind of cool, <laughs> uh, but I don't need all my different components to have it. Uh, okay, so I got the I got a MSI motherboard, um, which I was like, Josh, what is a motherboard? Like, explain to me, just like as if you're explaining to a simpleton what a motherboard is and he's basically just like it's just like a connector it's just like he probably said it much more sophisticated than i'm remembering but he's just like it's basically just like the board that connects all the different components and it's like a central meeting point for everything to communicate with each other um okay what else i bought fans okay so that was another thing is that <laughs> literally until today um like a week after I bought it. It's been running really loud. I'm just like, dude, I turn it on and it, it's just like, just like all the fans are just like running at full RPMs. And I'm just like, dude, this thing's awesome. It's a beast. Like it's really fun, but it's just loud, bro. I'm like, how do I make this thing quieter? I don't need it to be out like full capacity blasting fans when I'm just like on, you know, when I'm just like taking my classes on CNM, like online or like watching a YouTube video. Um, obviously I want them to kick in when they need to. When this, So the, the way it should work is that 
the fans will increase uh, again. Maybe maybe people know this, but I'm just learning all this for the first time this last week. So I'm just gonna repeat it. All the fans on a computer in general should increase their speed with an increase in temperature of the CPU. And I think you can manipulate it. You can change, um, like you have the power to, I guess when you build a PC, you have the power to manipulate or determine the fan curve and the fan speeds at different temperatures, or you can uh, gauge different temperatures within your computer. But right now I just have it running off of my CPU temperature. And so ideally you want all the fan, like you want this like nice curve of like whenever the the uh, temperature of the CPU is low, the fans are low and then they increase with the temperature rising. But until today, they've just been at this like static rate. And I've been trying to like get into the BIOS, which is like this boot thing. I don't know. Again, all this terminology is new to me. Uh, luckily I have a very knowledgeable younger brother, uh, but you can get in there. And so I finally found the specific button or area I was supposed to navigate in order to get it to like have this smart curve or this more dynamic mode. Uh, whereas before all the fans were at this like static rate of just like, 75% capacity or whatever it was. And I was like, it says it's supposed to be going down. Like, why is it not going down? But until today, I finally found where I was supposed to to click. And now it's very quiet. My PC is very quiet, which I'm like, yes, I did it. (laughs) Uh, I figured it out. And now, like, I can just use my computer without it running at full blast. It's really cool. I'm really happy with it. Um, it's very future proof. Um, it's funny that it's like a, a down or it's a hand me down from my brother because he just upgraded. <laughs> he has a sick PC. He just upgraded everything from start to finish. He just built a complete brand new computer. Um, and I think the the GPU was the one thing that was kind of like salvageable or not maybe that's not the right word but still good enough for somebody else to use like myself where i'm used to my bar is very low like i've i've exclusively worked on either macbook airs or macbook pros right yeah just literally like slim sleek small form factor you know, good build quality, low profile, um, MacBook computers or uh, yeah, laptops to where it's really nice for doing simple stuff, you know, simple tasks, uh, watching videos, you know, browsing the internet, doing a little bit of editing, video editing, all that stuff. So I've been used to just like constantly being held back essentially by whatever laptops like they'll they'll <laughs> like even just a few days ago um I the the baby was asleep in here 
uh, because the crib is in this room. And I got home from work and I had to do some some homework, some uh, computer work. And I was like, ah, the baby's asleep in the room. So I was like, I'll just use my, my laptop. I haven't used it for a minute. And then, so I opened it up and I'm on it for literally maybe five, 10 minutes. And I'm like, dude, this thing's hot. Like this thing is burning up. Cause you know, I have it sitting on my, on my legs. And I was like, dude, this thing gets really hot. I forgot how hot this thing gets. I just got used to it. Um, but I guess it makes sense. Cause it's just like so tiny and the fans, I'm like, how do you have like airflow in there? Um, and I guess I just got used to it, but now, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but, um, but anyway, yeah. So now I have like a fully, I mean, to me, it's a flagship computer. It's like <laughs> just based off my, you know, experience with my, my previous computers, but to somebody else, it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to definitely want to upgrade this part, this part, this part. And I'm like, dude, this is the best computer I've ever had. <laughs> so for me, it's very future proof. Like if I really wanted to, I have the capability of, you know, like, okay, so a few months ago, I was doing those uh, virtual, quote unquote, podcasts. You know, I had my 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 buddy Brandon on, I had Josh on and <laughs> making that happen on my laptop was, it was very tricky. But anyway, now I think I could do something like that with my two displays and I could just like hook up my, my camera uh, to my computer, run the audio interface and it would just like, it would breeze through it, right? Like I could do recording, I could do screen recording, I could have uh, camera inputs, audio inputs. Um, I could like, I could do all that and then like also play a, you know, 4K video game. <laughs> Not 4K, but 1440p video game on a separate monitor. And it would just like run smoothly, right? I'm, I'm not, I'm probably not going to do that. But uh, the capacity for this computer is much higher than I've ever had. Uh, it's got 32 gigs of RAM right? As opposed to like, if I had bought that M2 MacBook, no, 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 Mac mini, that thing had eight gigs of RAM. And so now I'm realizing now that I'm using this computer, oh yeah, you definitely want to have 32 gigs of RAM, especially, you know, going into the future. Uh, if I had to try to explain RAM, which I, I mean, I kind of know what it is, but I also am probably not good at explaining what it is, but I guess if I had to put it simply, and maybe people can tell me if this is right or wrong or not, but it's basically the ability to do multiple things at once and to run a bunch of different programs simultaneously. Um, so if you have like eight gigs of RAM, then that means you know you could potentially have like a browser open and maybe like Photoshop open. And at a certain point, like if you have like more than like three applications or programs running at the same time, then it'll start, you know, you'll get that spinning wheel. Things will be a little bit slower. It'll take longer to do stuff. But if you have 
16 gigs or 32 gigs, which I have, uh, gigs of RAM, then that would mean that, okay, you could have like eight or 10 different apps or programs running at the exact same time. You could have a browser open. You could be watching a video. You could be uh, editing a video. You could, you know, whatever it is, have uh, a bunch of things on different displays working together at the same time. So that's why you want more RAM. Okay, what other components did I buy? I got RAM. I got the motherboard. Oh, and then I got a... (laughs) Here's another like stupid, not stupid, but uh, just an area where I've been held back by my really sleek MacBook laptops. Um, I got a two terabyte SSD, which like <laughs> when when Josh and I were kind of going over the parts um, for like how I wanted to build it, he had uh, four terabytes of like storage. He had a two terabyte SSD and then like two one terabyte hard drives or something like that. But I was like, dude, I don't think I need four terabytes. And he's like, bro, I like, yeah, that's gonna fill up fast. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I literally have 250 gigs on my MacBook Pro right now. <laughs> Which now that I'm thinking about it, that's so small for 2023. Um, even in 2016, that was probably really small. But um, I've just been so used to always getting the smallest storage option, whether that's on my iPhone or computers or whatever it is. Um, I'm always just like, yeah, I'll just get like the 64 gig or like 128 gigs or for my MacBook, 250 gigs. And I have uh, hard drives, like I have external hard drives and SSDs. And I think I've just gotten really used to just not relying on my computer to have a bunch of storage and just having storage in other areas. Uh, But now that I have two terabytes on board on like a hard drive, or I guess it's a SSD. It's just so nice because I don't even have to think about storage. It's it's just like a non-issue. And I'm already seeing it <laughs> fill up really fast. Like I'm already at like two or 300 gigs out of the two terabytes, which is 2,000 gigs. Um, so yeah, I'm just like, uh, I just like upgraded my computer realm and i have the capability of doing so much with this very powerful heat machine that's sitting on my desk right there okay so that's another thing is that this podcast um if you're watching this podcast if you're listening to this podcast this will be the first podcast i have fully edited in DaVinci Resolve. So for people that have no idea what that means, I have been using Adobe products, uh, essentially my entire, uh, you know, video and photo life. Uh, Ever since I've started using, uh, like shooting video and photos and stuff, I've always used Adobe 
to edit my videos in Premiere Pro. That's the program I've been using. Uh, and I'm kind of, I'm over it. I'm over Adobe. I am very sick of the damned subscription model. It's so annoying. Back in the day, you could just buy apps at a flat rate, right? You buy, you pay 200 bucks and you get Final Cut Pro or you pay 250 bucks and you get Logic for, for Mac or back in the day, you'd pay, I don't even remember how much it was, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, even if it's more than that, maybe it's 400 bucks and you just buy this software from Adobe. Um, so I used to have Premiere Pro. I think I torrented it back in the day, so I didn't actually buy it. Uh, shame on me, but uh, maybe I'm part of the problem. Maybe that's why they switched to the subscription model because everybody was torrenting it. Anyway, um, a long time ago, maybe five, maybe eight years ago, I don't remember how long ago, but they switched to a subscription model. So now you can't just own Photoshop. You can't just own Premiere Pro. You can't just own, uh, what are the other ones? Uh, After Effects, InDesign, like uh, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the other ones, but I can't remember. But anyway, uh, it's expensive. If you don't have a, like a student discount or something, like, okay, so that was a thing, is that for years and years and years, I had this really good Black Friday deal like I, I bought my subscription on a Black Friday discount deal and it was like you have access to all of the Adobe apps for, I think it was literally $20 a month. Which is like $20, a $20 a month subscription is still, that's a lot of money. And that was back in the day, but it was like, okay, it's worth it because I'm getting Photoshop, After Effects, Premiere, all the things I need to do creative work I have it all under the creative cloud of Adobe. Um, but just after years and years and years, and then they increased their price to $30. And so now it was a $30 um, a month subscription. And then that Black Friday deal ran out. And then so I, I was able to use my student uh, my student email address to get like a student discount. And again, that was $30 a month. And then I stopped going to CNM and then my student email address expired. And then they hit me with the, the, the regular, um, I guess standard rate for the monthly subscription. It was $60. I was like, dude, I am not paying $60 a month. $60. That's that's like a really nice gym membership or something. Like, that's so expensive. Uh, so I bailed on it. Um, I was splitting it with my sister for a while, but then we stopped. And now I've been splitting it with my brother-in-law, Hudson, because he has a student. Anyway, it's just jumping through hoops to just try to get it as cheap as possible. But then it was just like, dude, Screw all this. I'm tired of just renting out these apps. Just like, I don't know, because I don't use it that much. If I'm, if I'm recording four episodes a month, which I'm definitely not, <laughs> like I'm doing one a month at this point, 
Um, like if I'm literally using these products between one and four times a month, I'm not getting the use out of it. it. Like it doesn't, I can't justify spending that kind of money anymore. So all that to say, all that to say, I'm switching over to Black Magic, which is a uh, camera company. They do really, really high-end cameras. Like there's, um, they make really nice 4K, 8K cinematography, you know, movie quality cameras. Uh, but they have a app called DaVinci Resolve. And it's literally just a free app that lets you edit. I, I guarantee there's absolutely not as many functionalities as Premiere has. But it's free. You literally just download it. It's free. They have a paid tier. Um, but what's nice is that if I ever find my play, find myself getting to a place where I want to upgrade, it's a $200 flat out purchase. You just pay $200 and then you have like the higher tier version of the app, which has like AI features and, you know, all probably more helpful uh, streamlined features for uh, yeah video editing. But I'm going to try DaVinci Resolve. I, you know, I just got my new computer. I feel like I'm like kind of, it's like a clean slate from fresh start. Um, I've, I'm just so used to Premiere. So that's going to be difficult kind of transitioning to something I'm just so fluent in, but it'll be fine. Right. I'll just, it, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all the same shit. You're just like importing your files, dropping them on a timeline, manipulating them, maybe adding some effects and then exporting them. So it's it's probably a very similar process, but I just need to figure out all the tools and the flow, the workflow. Um, so hopefully you can't even tell. Hopefully it looks exactly exactly the same. <laughs> Everything's just blurry and distorted, and the audio is terrible. No, it should literally be the exact same, but it's just going to be free, which is great. <laughs> um, goodbye. Adobe. I think I'm done. Yeah, I'm probably done. Uh, unless I can figure out how to get, I do. Ooh, okay. Photoshop's tough. How do I get Photoshop or something equivalent to Photoshop? I think there is a free version of Photoshop. I'm going to have to look into it. Um, if anybody knows of just a good place to make simple thumbnails on windows, uh, let me know, because I'm not familiar with Windows. Uh, this is my first Windows uh, computer that I've ever had. And I've used Windows computers at work. So I, I can, you know, I can get around. But I'm not, I think I'm probably using 10% of its, like, capabilities. Um yeah, it's kind of, I kind of wish that I was more knowledgeable in, with Windows or Linux for that matter, uh, but I'm not and that's okay, but I'm learning. Okay, so that's basically the whole PC saga. That's uh, that's about it. Um, 
It's awesome. I'm stoked. It's a great birthday present to myself. And yeah, that's it. Okay. Let me see what else I want to talk about. I did write down, like I do, some stuff. Um, okay, puppy. Let me, I'm going to talk about my puppy some more. Um, we love him. He's very difficult, though. <laughs> uh, he Okay, he's actually not... I'll be honest. He's not as bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a disaster. <laughs> Like the first week or two when we brought him home, I was kind of just like, oh my God, what do we do? Should we should we get rid of the dog? Like, are, are we in over our heads? Are we stretched too thin? Are we going to snap? Like, did we take on too much? But I think we're good. I think, I think, I think we'll be okay. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, he... I'll say he he is he's pretty um what's the word I'm looking for? He's I'm not gonna say he's intelligent, but he seems more trainable than I was thinking he was gonna be. Uh we're doing Link Come, like Link Come. We've been watching a lot of uh <laughs> sorry if that was sounded stupid, but um we've been watching Caesar What's his name? Caesar Malone, Caesar Milan, Caesar Milan, the dog trainer guy. Um, we've been watching his TV, or he has video, or uh, yeah, videos on YouTube that we've been watching. And he's just he makes it like kind of fun. I think uh, after watching a few of his videos, I was like, all right, I'm kind of inspired to like actually be intentional about training my dog, right? Because I really want. I really want a well-behaved dog. <laughs> like that's important to me. I don't want a dog that's a burden to myself or to others. I don't want an annoying dog. I don't want a yappy dog. I don't want a barky dog. I don't want a bitey dog. I don't want a scratchy. Like if we're going to have a dog, I want him to be intelligent at a certain point and well-behaved Okay, so he's already, for the first like two weeks, okay, so we've had him for maybe three weeks at this point. Yeah, maybe three weeks. And the first week, yeah, he's peeing inside. He's pooping inside. He doesn't know what's going on. He's still really young. Um, But he really picked up on potty training really quick. Uh, He'll still have... He didn't have an accident inside yesterday. He hasn't had one today. I don't think he had one the day. Yeah, so it's been like a few days. Um, He knows to go to the bathroom outside. Um, We put a little bell on our back door. And then every time we go outside, we'll ring it. And we'll be like, all right, let's go outside. Let's go pee. And he'll go pee. And he'll go poop in like the very corner of the yard, like honestly exactly where I want him to poop, that's where he poops. It's great. (laughs) Like I think they instinctually want to eliminate is the term that the, all the literature says they want to eliminate in 
a obscure and faraway place that's away from like the living space. So he's pooping in the right places, which I'm really happy about. He's peeing. Whenever we go outside, he goes pee, which is great. Uh, we're learning, uh, like, come here. Like he, We have these like little trainer treats that he gets whenever he comes to us. Uh, we're trained or we're, he's really good on walks. Um, like the fact that I was able to walk him and two babies this morning is pretty cool. Um, I yeah. So I want him to be very good on a leash. We're trying to socialize him as much as possible to other dogs, to other people so that he's not like, you know, my worst nightmare would be him biting somebody else like i don't want i do not want to get in that situation where he like attacks somebody else or another dog or something like that uh because you could be held liable (laughs) you could be held liable for that and also i just like don't want him to hurt anybody um so we're being very intentional to you know to a degree that makes sense to (laughs) to a certain limit uh about training him and he's doing he's doing really well um I, there's moments of frustrations for sure. He's got a lot of energy, but whenever I step back and analyze him, like I do, I'm like, okay, he's actually a really good puppy. Um, I really don't have any complaints at the moment. Uh, he goes in his crate at night. There was a few nights, there was like, there's been maybe two or three nights towards the beginning, uh, so we had him in a crate, you're right? We got him a, a crate whenever we bought him <laughs> or adopted him from Animal Humane. Uh, so we got a crate and then the literature that they gave us, the pamphlet package stuff was like, yeah, so you probably want to have him, you want to have the crate in your room for a little while. Uh, that way he you know, still feels like he's close to you, but he gets used to his crate. And then over time you can transition the crate to somewhere else like a more sustainable position uh location so we had him in our room for like a week um that was at the same time i you know okay so we also co-sleep which people have their opinions on uh but ira will sleep in his crib for like the first half of the night um and then he'll wake up at around like midnight one o'clock and then he'll need to feed. Uh, but whenever we try, okay, I'll just say whenever Emily tries <laughs> to put him back in the, uh, not the crate, <laughs> cribs, crates, um, <laughs> they're all just cages. Um, whenever we try to put Ira back in the crib for round two of sleep, uh, he doesn't like going back to sleep in the crib. So, it's just easier if he just like sleeps in between us. Um, and we did that a lot with Aesop too. So I are just like kind of used to just like Ira, like jabbing me in the back of the head or like scratch. He's got claws. This kid has claws. It's so hard to clip his nails. <laughs> and he just like gets these sharp little like grabbers, but he'll like just like scratch my back. It's like, dude, stop. <laughs> I get so like 
irritated at night or not irritated. I'm just like, whenever I'm sleepy, I'm much more like irritable or I get more agitated. Uh, anyway, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, okay. So anyway, yeah. So for like a week, it was, it was Emily, Ira, Christian, puppy all in the room. So sleep was just like terrible. Um, okay, so then we transitioned him into the living room. To anybody that's listening to this, shout out. I don't get it, but... <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so every once in a while, I'll just like realize that this is not interesting. <laughs> okay. So we moved the crate to the living room and night one was terrible. Oh my goodness. He was not happy about being in the living room in the crate and it was just like howling and that was, that was a tough night. But then night two, he started to do it again for a little while, but then I think he got it. It was just like, all right. I give up and then he, he went to sleep and then night three was like back to howling. We're like, dang it, what happened? But then we realized that the cat was in the living room. Uh, we usually put the cat in the garage uh, at night. <laughs> Another cage. <laughs> um, sleep is top priority, right? Like I don't mind uh, making these like decisions at the cost of the animals for my sleep benefit. Like that's top priority. You know, when you have two kids, when you have to wake up at 4am and go to work five days a week, like I can't afford to be sleep deprived. I can afford it for like a night, maybe two for a little while. But, um, if something is going to, okay, that's another reason why I'm, I get, okay, so anytime I pull weeds for a really long time, there's like two, uh, there's two specific weeds that I've just given up on because anytime I attack these weeds, um, I, okay, so I don't remember the name of the first one, but it's a very typical weed here in Albuquerque. W Emily and I just call it alfalfa, but I don't think it's not actually alfalfa. I think we looked it up one time and it was called alfalfa, um, or like wannabe alfalfa or something like that. Anyway, it's like, it's just this weed that grows here in Albuquerque. Uh, and uh, unfortunately it's very invasive and unfortunately the first two years we had this house we let it go we I mean we were focused on pulling all the goat heads honestly that was, yeah we were essentially just focused on picking all the goat heads the first year and I would say that we eliminated the goat heads like I have not seen one goat head this season so stoked on that that's great goat heads are out but we <laughs> It's funny, this like battle with the plants um, on our land. 
it seems like every single year there's like this new opponent. There's this new enemy that we have to face. <laughs> and this year that that enemy is globe mallow. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Desert globe mallow. I, I, maybe that it's called something else, but another, you know, uh, native plant here. Uh, it's invasive as hell. All weeds are invasive. They wouldn't be weeds if they weren't invasive. I don't know if that's true or not. But um, anyway, so the, these two weeds specifically, these globe mallows and then these wannabe alfalfas, anytime I pull these weeds for more than like, you know, more than just like pulling up one or two, but like, okay, I'm going to spend 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour just like pulling all these weeds because we got to, right? Because they're just going to go to seed and then multiply and come back next year. Uh, I eat it that night. Like my, my sleep suffers that night because I think it's like, uh, a defense mechanism that these plants have for me specifically, <laughs> like they know that this is the guy we've got to <laughs> go to war with. Cause he's, <laughs> he's trying to eliminate us. So we need to eliminate him. So I think that they give off whenever you uproot them, whenever you cut them, whenever you dig them up, whenever you disrupt them in any capacity, I think that there's some sort of like terpene or like, what's the word? Uh, flavonoid or some sort of like plant chemical. I don't know the exact terminology, but they'll like, it'll, I'll breathe it in. It'll get all over, you know, my skin, my hands, whatever, like, however, whatever way they can like get this molecule into me like they'll do it and then that night i like can't breathe no I, that's not true but like i just like get completely clogged up and i like cannot breathe the entire night and then my sleep suffers so i'm just like not willing to do that again i mean i can but i just know if i'm gonna pull weeds in my backyard like for a substantial amount I need to do it on a day that I can like afford to not sleep well. Like I don't have to work the next day or something. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's these two specific plants. Like I can pull silver leaves and that's, it's, that's not a big deal. I can pull goat heads. That's fine. Um, you know, I yanked out a ton of elm trees. That's fine. Uh, but these plants, they're smart. They want to, live on they want to survive and if i mean that's a pretty good tactic if you could sabotage my sleep i might just let you go <laughs> um or that's all the more reason to get them out of my yard so it's probably it probably works for like a season or two but i know long term i'm like okay if i have uh the, like this kind of reaction to just pulling these weeds then i definitely don't want them in my yard long term yeah weeds trees um 
I'm really focusing on trees this year. Uh, I've had like a person or two ask me how my garden is doing and it's, it's fine. It's like, it's actually, it's probably doing actually really good, but I'm just not really focused on it. Uh, Emily and I are just watering. Um, but you know what? As like a practice, I, I'm just going to think about everything that's popping up in my backyard right now. I have actually not done this yet, but I'm just going to. Okay, so we have, I would say we probably have 10 uh, trumpet vines that are starting to grow along. Sorry, this is going to be boring if you're not interested, but I'm just going to, I just want to think about what's actually popping up in my yard right now. Okay, so along our eastern wall, we've got about 10 trumpet vines starting to vine up along the wall, which I'm really happy about because I literally two years ago, uh, Emily and I were on a walk and the trumpet vines, I don't know if you've seen those seed pods that they spit out. Uh, but we were just going on a walk and I like grabbed a, a couple seed pods and brought them home and I just spread the seeds along all the perimeters because I like trumpet vines. They're fun. Uh, it's a nice flower. It's a nice vining flower and it could make some good uh, privacy. Uh, but yeah, that was like two years ago I did that. And now they started to pop up last year, but this year they're actually growing uh, like at a substantial rate. Uh, so now they're, yeah, they're growing along the, the neighbor wall, which I'm really happy about sunflowers. We've got dozens and dozens and dozens (laughs) of mammoth sunflowers popping up in our backyard. Uh, sunflowers might, okay. Yes, they are. Sunflowers are my favorite flowers. I would say they're so easy. They're literally the, there's two plants that are, if you want to like get instant gratification in your garden, plants, sunflowers and arugula. They'll literally pop up in a matter of like days and they're just, they're so fun. Um, but anyway, we've had, we've had 12, to 15, maybe not 15 foot, but we've had like 12 foot mammoth sunflowers, like multiple ones grow in our backyard over the year. And then at the end of the season, uh, you have to beat the birds to the sunflower seeds because they'll just eat all the sunflower seeds. But if you break off the head before the birds get, like after the flower dies, like sometime in the fall before the birds get to them, break off all the heads and then I just like spewed seeds all over the place. And now (laughs) this year it's like, Oh my God, we just like our backyard is like a forest of sunflowers. It's kind of awesome. I'm, I'm pretty stoked on it. Uh, we've got, okay. We've got green onions. We've got so many green onions popping up. Uh, they're called Egyptian walking onions. We've got garlic, we've got arugula. Okay, so that's another thing. Um, Another way we're trying to combat the weeds that we want to eliminate in our backyard 
is letting all of the plants that we do want or letting all of the plants that we want to be quote unquote weeds, like let them thrive, let them go to seed, let them, what's the word, uh, propagate or whatever. Um, so we have romaine as a weed in our backyard. Like you just look in any corner of the yard and it's like, is that a romaine head popping up? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, cause it's been two years of, okay. So arugula, romaine and chard, like those three, that trio is just growing all over our backyard to the point now it's just like, you can't even, if we wanted to eliminate them, it'd be, it'd actually probably be really hard. Uh, but I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm fine with those being weeds. Uh, Cause they just go to seed and, you know, especially romaine. Yeah. Arugula and romaine. Uh, whenever they go to seed, it's just like thousands and thousands and thousands of seeds. Um, so yeah, those are everywhere. So the, yeah, those are popping up. Okay. So squash season is also like our squash plants are popping up. We probably have more than I can count. We probably have dozens and dozens and dozens of squash. I don't know what kind, but we have so many squash plants popping up. And honestly, Emily and I said that we, we didn't want squash this year because squash bugs they're they're brutal uh if you've ever grown squash then you know what a squash bug is um but okay so we said okay we'll let the squash plants that are away from the house we'll let them go um if they're close to our house or in if they're in like the flower beds then we'll take them out um but i asked a professional agriculture person uh last year i was like hey how do you guys combat the uh, squash bugs and she's like oh yeah the how you avoid them is you just plant all your squash after july 1st and then you won't have an issue with squash bugs it's like oh that's cool because again we planted no seeds this year everything that is popping up is just from our compost like you know we throw everything in our compost and along like with that uh is lots of seeds right you know so whenever we're carving pumpkins last year we're saving all that we're composting it and then we spread that out um and then everything that goes to seed is just like you know everything is a volunteer um I don't exactly remember where I was going with that. But anyway, I'll just... Oh, yeah, yeah, squash bugs. Yeah, so anyway, if you... it, All these squashes uh, have been popping up at this spring, but I don't really want to take them out because I just feel bad um, killing plants. Um, but if you're intentional about planting seeds, I got to wrap this up because my voice is going out. Uh, if you're intentional about planting squash seeds plant them after july 1st and you'll miss the squash bug season like you're you'll harvest your crop in fall as opposed to in summer okay uh what else do we have popping okay so we have 
I probably have 12 apricot trees popping up. I've got a plum tree that's re- doing really well. Our grape vine is as awesome as ever. We have a peach tree popping up. I have two. I've got three really good mimosa trees popping up. We have a northern catalpa tree popping up in our front yard. I planted two uh, volunteer, I transplanted two volunteer desert willows from my backyard to my front yard. I planted four ponderosa pine trees. Um, I get, okay, uh, <laughs> again, I'll backtrack. I transplanted four very small ponderosa pines from up in Jemez. Uh, two Christmases ago, uh, I went up there with my dad and we were going to chop down a Christmas tree, but whenever we were getting our permits, I was like, Hey, uh, what's the, like, can you get a permit to transplant trees? And the lady was like, yeah, you can just, you can, I think it was, I don't, I don't remember exactly how much it was, but it was essentially like, it was like $8 or something to transplant a tree. So I got four of them and it was what, 32 bucks or something. Um, is that the right math? I think so. Uh, so yeah, lots of trees popping up. Um, our na- we had some elms popping up and then the neighbors got on our case immediately. <laughs> Which is fine. I get it. Uh, they're just like, hey, um, I don't know if you know these trees, but they're very invasive. And um, I guess a lot of people have had issues with elms. Whereas, like, I'm not opposed to them because they're so easy. They're very acclimated to this, like, weather, to soil, all this stuff. And so if they're happy, I'm kind of just like, yeah, I'll let you go. But People have, uh, people have it out for elm trees. <laughs> and I guess I've just never experienced a bad elm tree. Like, obviously, I've seen, I mean, obviously, there's so many sad and not taking care of elm trees out there. But there's also some real, like, if you can take care of an elm tree and make it happy and give it water and the right soil, elm trees can be freaking awesome. Uh, especially they're so drought tolerant. Um, but anyway, we just took them all out cause I don't want to hear it from the neighbors and I'm not, I am not that attached to elm trees. So, um, but then my other neighbor <laughs> didn't like that. We planted the pine trees cause she's like, I don't want needles dropping in my yard. Okay. Well, I'll trim it. Neighbors. You gotta live, yeah. You gotta put up with them. And they have to put up with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. I think I'm gonna stop. I need some water. Um, let's see. Hour and nine minutes. That's pretty good. Maybe I'll take out a few minutes though, because so it's probably gonna land at like one hour and maybe like seven or eight minutes. Okay. Well, Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, This was kind of a surprise episode or like a surprise recording. I didn't 
think I was going to be recording this morning, but opportunity presented itself and here I am. Okay, so yeah, I guess I have nothing else to say. I hope you all have a good day and I will see you next episode. All right, goodbye.